there's so many things that are done to our bodies that are outside of our control. You know, this ends up being such a, like, we think our minds are so like, they're so robust, but they're so like delicate. Like we have all of our thoughts, but the reality is like what's held inside of that space is, is, is so there's so much power there. That's like this, it could change the world. Really. If we really think about like, we put all that power together, like what it could really do if we heal it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and look, the, it, this isn't like, oh, oh, great. I'm whatever, 40 years old. So it's, I've been building up all of this crap for 40 years. It's going to take me 40 years of healing. Like we just don't know what's available to us. Welcome to the Joyous Path to Millions podcast with me, your host, Emily June Wilcox, serial entrepreneur, seven-figure business owner, mindset junkie, creator of the Money Moon Medicine program, devoted mama of two, and lover of coffee and crystals. My mission is to put more money in the hands of soulpreneurs through healing money wounds, building abundant businesses, and balancing masculine and feminine energy. When we do this, we collectively up-level the frequency of the planet and help usher in new paradigm wealth. Each week, a new episode will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and guest interviews where we'll dive into honest money conversations and the behind-the-scenes truth of building our aligned vampires. We all deserve a healthy, empowered relationship with money so we can experience more freedom, pleasure, and joy on our joyous path to millions. So get ready and let's dive in. Hi friends, welcome back to the Joyous Path to Millions. I'm your host, Emily June Wilcox. I'm super excited to share this third of our four-part LinkedIn series together with Kat Burns with you. So if you've been tuning into the podcast regularly, you'll have heard the first two parts of this series. And it's been fun to also share it on the podcast. What's so interesting about today's segment is that it definitely was the edgiest topic for Kat and I to talk about on LinkedIn, and you'll hear why as we go. But it's funny, as I think about recording the intro here for the podcast, how much more liberated I feel to talk about this stuff on the podcast, because we're talking about sex magic and manifesting through pleasure and womb healing and all this stuff. And it's here on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. But going live on LinkedIn, which is such a business first platform, I had to give disclaimers that this is not safe for work content. If you're tuning in from like more of a corporate workplace, you might want to consider watching later. And you make it, maybe we'll have some laughs with Kat and I, because we definitely talked about the issue head on, but we use terms like pleasure practice, which I enjoy that term anyway, but that leaves some thing to the imagination as to what I'm actually referring to. And that's intentional on LinkedIn. So you get to dance through this topic with us. And I hope that it plants some seeds of inspiration. It gets you thinking about these unconventional manifestation practices and how you can practice them more if you're not already. So without further ado, let's dive right in. It's a little scary to talk about the unconventional things, the things that you won't just find in a business book that aren't just at your normal leadership forums or employee development kinds of things. And this is definitely unconventional. So this is my vulnerable share that this is still a work in progress for me to talk about, but maybe we can just ease ourselves into it. It's funny that I'm on a chat with a bunch of woo spiritual entrepreneurs and literally the topic we were just chatting back and forth about for the last 24 hours is the connection between the womb, the sacral chakra and the throat chakra. And this is not just an energetic connection. It is actually a biological physiological connection. We have our vagus nerve, which goes from the throat all the way down to the pelvis in the womb space. And when you look anatomically, maybe I'll even do a screen share at some point, but 
the body parts are so similar. Yeah. Like our vocal cords look like a uterus. And so for women in particular, there is this real connection between saying what we want, sharing what we want, and receiving it through the womb space. That kind of leads us slightly down this path of talking about womb healing. We're going to talk about existential kink, and we're going to talk about manifesting through pleasure. Those are your forewarnings. If you are in a workspace, we're not going R-rated, but these are traditionally topics that would probably be considered safe for work. Maybe actually let's start with existential kink, because that was when you brought up, Kat, and I love this topic. Tell us maybe sure. what existential kink is, and then we can go from there. Existential kink in a nutshell is like a theory that carry a, a theory, I would say, but it's based on psychology from Carl Jung, essentially. Yeah. Carolyn Elliott wrote this beautiful book on how if we can derive pleasure from the subconscious that is actually running the show inside of our psyche, and we can derive pleasure from the things that we actually hate about ourselves on a conscious level, then we have the ability to actually alchemize that in a real way and make it go from the darkness to the light in a way. If we actually can take that time within ourselves and discover the masochistic pleasure that we derive from the hatred of the things that we don't like about ourselves on a conscious level, then we can shift it into a beautiful energy that can actually create the things that we really want for ourselves. That was my, in a nutshell, explanation. Do you want to add anything yeah. to, to that? Yeah. The quote from Carl Jung that Carrie and El Carolyn Elliott put into her book that I quote all the time now, I love it so much, is until you make the subconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So I'll say that yeah. one more time. <laughs> until you make one. the subconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so this is a topic that I bring up with my clients all the time in a live event. Oh, it's perfect. Sorry. I, I don't know if it's me or not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. We're breaking the internet. <laughs> yeah. So I love that we're talking about this sort of proactively because it can be really triggering. So when we're already having something unpleasant coming up to have a coach or a mentor tell you created this, your subconscious created this. And not only that, but your subconscious loves it, gets pleasure from it. It's, uh, it feels like the worst thing ever. Oh yeah, Diana says, Emily keeps breaking up. Ugh, so frustrating. Sorry, you guys. And I feel like it's Zoom in particular. So anyway, <laughs> just roll with me. I promise it'll be worth it. It's good for us to talk about it in advance when we're not in a trigger. Because the idea, as you mentioned, Kat, is that our subconscious mind is always running the show. It always gets what it wants. And so our conscious mind is like this little 5% and our conscious mind might be saying like, I really, I'm going to use money because that's like my area that I play in. Our conscious mind might be saying, I really would love to have a fat, cushy safety net in my bank account. If I had $30,000 in the bank account. That would feel amazing. I wouldn't have to be so stressed about money, all of that. And yet, if we look at the evidence and the evidence says you don't have $30,000 in your bank account and you continue to experience a lot of financial chaos, as soon as you get money, the car breaks down. As soon as a random windfall comes to you, it, it's gone. Poof. There's all of these things that came up that needed it. And so you're staying in this cycle of just barely enough then essentially the idea of existential kink is our subconscious is deriving some gain, some benefit, some pleasure from the actual facts. So our subconscious is, girl, you can say all you want that you want $30,000 in the bank account, but we love the thrill of just trying to get by. We love the struggle. We love the chaos. And we're deriving benefit from that. We're driving a kind of guilty pleasure. And 
when there's so much shame around it that it's no, that couldn't possibly be, then it just continues to run the show subconsciously. As Carl Jung says, it directs our life and we call it fate. And it feels like we're just a victim of circumstance. And the power in existential kink is to get curious and say, okay, if this is true, and there actually is a part of me that loves the chaos and loves just trying to get by, what do I love about it? And can I allow myself to consciously experience that same kind of pleasure, perhaps in a different way, so that I can stop getting those kicks from being broke and I can start playing out my desire for pleasure and thrill in a way that fits my life better, whether it's kink in the bedroom or there's one bank account that I set aside where that bank account can do all the chaotic things and the wild things. And then everything else is set aside to be more safe. So do you think that's a good kind of starting point for existential kink? hundred percent. I think one thing I would add to it is the sense of a lot of times, the one thing that we want to be careful of is saying like this idea of you doing it to yourself, right? This idea of that your subconscious is the thing that's running the show. It does run the show, but it runs the show because that's what it's used to. It runs the show because that's what you learn somewhere down the line that made your tunnel a vision of what the world looked like, right? So if you were used to not knowing where you were going to get your next meal as a kid, like if your parents were irresponsible and you grew up in poverty and you struggled to eat, you may come back to this place when you're an adult and you'll be running through these patterns of childhood essentially, but they show up inside of, I'm trying to get myself away from that thing. But because that's what your foundational parts of your being knows so near and dear to what feels normal for you in your upbringing, and it could be even in your genetics, like epigenetic wise, like the things that have passed down through your traditions and stuff in, in your family lineage, this idea of bringing these things into your day to day on a subconscious level, that's why it runs the show, right? It doesn't run the show because it's like, we're out to get you, but runs the show because that's what you know. And that's you somehow developed at a very young age, the idea that this is the truth for me. So when you look at it from a conscious level, you're like, I want to get away from that, right? Like you're in service of actually running away from the thing that you may know, for example. It can be show up in a little bit of different ways, but I just want to make sure that we're like this idea of being a bit masochistic, right? Like of punishing ourselves. And it's the things like the shame and the fear and the outright hatred of the very things that we just don't want to see from those defining moments of our youth, for example, those are the things when we try to push them away, they just snowball into a big effect. And a lot of the great work in existential kink is once you recognize it, you can be like, ah, of course, of course you are doing that because that's what I know. That's what I'm familiar with. That's what I grew up understanding that this is the way. And when you can actually derive pleasure from the fact that you, of course you would love that because that's what you know. It just takes the wind out of the sails. It actually gives you the space to go, I'm, that's what I'm doing again. I get it. That's what I'm doing. Does that make sense? I think just to make sure that we are going back down the drain of that it's all tied together. <laughs> yeah. Drop a comment if this is making sense or if you have questions. And we'll tie this into manifestation practices in particular, because that's what, the, what we decided to focus on for this series. But kinks show up all the time. I have a boss that I can look back on and it's like, he created so much chaos and drama in our team. And it's, I can see now how much subconscious pleasure he was driving from that, even though he would have said to his boss and consciously that he wanted everything to just be stable and not have any fires to put out. So it's not only in manifestation, but because it's such a broad topic, we want to narrow it in. And so with this connection between our throat and our womb space and the sacral chakra, which is the energetic center that sits about two inches below our belly button. This is in men and women. That's the energetic center for 
sexual energy and power. And it's also the energy center for money. And whatever codes, so to speak, whatever experiences we've had with those things, they all live in that same energetic part of our body and they all kind of dance with each other. And there really is this strong connection between our sexual energy and the way that we can manifest financially. And when we think about the womb also in the female body, it truly is the center of creation. It's where we birth things into being. And so it makes sense that when we're wanting to manifest something, which is to birth something into our lives, that energetic seed would be planted in the womb. So the reason that womb healing can be so powerful is that when we're planting seeds, we want to make sure the soil is right. And if the energetic soil of our sacral chakra of that womb space is, I'm not enough. I've been abused. I'm a victim. For women, there are often very significant traumas that the body is remembering in that space. Then that's not the ideal soil where we would want to be planting the seeds of all of these beautiful things that we want to birth into our lives financially, creative freedoms, et cetera. And so there's one of my favorite manifestation practices that I'm bringing forward in this series is doing womb healing first, and then we'll talk about manifesting through pleasure. But the womb healing is really saying, I want to get the conditions right. I want the soil to be good here. And I'm no longer willing to accept the fact that I'm a second-class citizen or I'm not worthy or that this is a center in my body that can be manipulated or that my womanhood makes me unsafe. For many women, we have that because for so many very legitimate reasons, we don't want to look too sexy. We don't want to whatever. But again, where is all of that held in our body? It's held in the womb space. So when we can start to do that healing, it helps to open up our throat chakras and allow ourselves to be seen and heard and amplify our message and stand in our power in a way that we're otherwise not able to. I love that. I think womb healing is extremely powerful. I did a bunch of work with it a few years ago and and was the first time I had actually heard about existential kink as a way of alchemizing these types of issues. And to be honest, there's if we're talking about like body storage, like where we store certain things, like this the sacral chakra really is like the storage unit for all of the things, whether it could be actual physical abuse, but it's so much emotional abuse and everything. You think about what's just down in this space alone and how many things are so vital to the function of being a human, right? They say like your gut is down there, right? That's like the second brain that your ability to create life in the uterus, you know, is down there, you know, you have to consider if you're a female, that's, you know, if you're sexually active, that's where you're penetrated, right? That's where, you know, you, you have an opening for space. Like there's so much that can be around that area that, and a lot of times just to get into the real a lot of times we as women are taught to shut down like societally, like we're just saying this stuff is going to get us kicked out of the boardroom, right? Bottom line. But the reality is if we bring this up in any kind of a situation that is inside of the, a very like masculine based circumstance or situation, like it's not something that's understood. It's not something that's brought up into the limelight. We, women are not celebrated for their uteruses. A lot of women are shamed for what goes inside of it, what comes out of it, what they're doing with it. So many people pay so much attention to that space on behalf of us, right? That's why like, we have rules on what we can do with our bodies or not. There's no freedom and flow inside of this area. So it's extremely easy to get it stopped up emotionally just as much as any of the other ways that it could happen. But there, there's just, it's, it, it allows for blockages on such an, a, like a quick and easy level. And there's so much storage of all of that inside that's already there. So until we start process bit by bit out through these w- different womb healing exercises, 
you could have stuck energy that's there from when you fell off your bike and broke your hymen as a kid, for example, or who knows, just really getting off here on these words. But like things like that, like you don't even realize, for example, could be something that ends up having, or if you, God forbid, you were violated in some way as a child, or there was some constriction there, or could be a religious thing or a cultural thing. There's so many things that are done to our bodies that are outside of our control. This ends up being such a, like we think our minds are like, they're so robust, but they're so like delicate. Like we have all of our thoughts, but the reality is like what's held inside of that space is there's so much power there. That's like this, it could change the world really. If we really think about like we put all that power together, like what it could really do if we heal it. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally. And look, the it, this isn't, oh, great. I'm whatever, 40 years old. So it's, I've been building up all of this crap for 40 years. It's going to take me 40 years of healing. We just don't know what's available to us. I didn't learn until in the last few years. Oh, okay. That's what this is. And it's this energetic storehouse. And I can actually do a healing on it and really change that the quote unquote soil of which I'm planting the seeds of manifestation. And so if you just go on YouTube and search womb healing or sacral chakra clearing, there are many guided meditation visualizations. Um, I've led a guided meditation visualization for some of my clients. And actually, if you want it, slide into my DMs or drop a comment here. And I can probably have someone on my team just cut out that piece from a training that I did, and I would be happy to share it. So that's step number one, because we don't want to be trying to go into an existential kink practice or go into pleasure-based manifestation when there's a lot of that old stuck energy in that center. So we wanna do some clearing out and some healing, some intention setting first, and that's when the magic really starts to happen. And this is where I think the female anatomy in particular is just so incredible. The female body is so amazing because when we start to work with that energy and realize that we can actually manifest from pleasure. And so when we start exploring all of the ways that we experience pleasure in our own bodies, and then in that pleasure practice, just weave in just mentally, or you can say it out loud or whatever, but infusing that pleasure practice with a desire, something that you want to manifest that's not here yet. That is how you can plant the seed into that fertile soil. And it is incredible how much magic will show up in your life for those things to happen quickly, effortlessly, very much in the receiving energy, which again, in female anatomy, that area of our body is for receiving and it's for creating and it's for birthing. And it all happens naturally. There's not a whole lot that we have to do. So it really is just exploring our pleasure and getting clear on our own desires, setting the intention, and then the rest is really happening on our behalf. And it just gets to show up in our lives in really easy ways. I love it. What you're saying about this and you keep going back to soil. soil so I want to, I have a little anecdote that I want to share, but I first wanted to just make sure that if anybody has any questions, I think you're frozen again. So I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> if anybody has any questions about what we've talked about before, because I the, the idea of soil kept reminding me of actually uh, one of my own little existential kinks that I discovered recently for myself. <laughs> and I just keep getting this hit that I need to share it. And it's not inside of manifesting uh, abundance when it comes to money, but it's very relevant inside of like my own story. Oh, I we have, it's incredible. Topic. Oh, I love that, Karen. <laughs> the yes. universe put this topic in front of you exactly when you need it. Amazing. So I just want to share this little tiny anecdote before we move into how to actually manifest from that place. The other day I was like, I have 
in my house. You can see behind me, I have a couple little plants, but like the rest of my living room is like a garden. There's like probably 30 plants in here. I'm like always, oh yeah, everyone comes over. They love my plants, blah, blah, blah. And it has been, we've been on a little heat wave kick here in Lisbon and it's been upwards of 95 uh, to 100 degrees pretty much every day. And I was looking at my plants and I've been doing this thing where I'd only water them once a week. I only watered them once a week in the wintertime, but then it was still coming to where I was only watering them once a week. And I'm looking at these plants, like looking very sad and I would water them all and it would take my time because I need eight pitchers to water them. And I had this intuitive hit the other day. And this is where sometimes we don't realize that it's going to unlock something so much bigger when we can evaluate our circumstances, right? So this is just like a real world scenario that people can jump onto. I looked at these plants and I said, wow, you keep depriving these plants of water. Like you keep allowing them to get to the point where they're like almost drooped over, feed me. And then you're like, okay, I'll feed you. And the excuse is always, oh, I, I don't want to right now. Or, oh, it takes me a long time because I have to use eight pitchers of water or are like, oh, I'm just feeling too lazy. Or, oh, I already did it like a couple of days ago and forgetting how many days it's been. And then I just looked around at my plants and I was like, you just love, it's just a metaphor for how much you love to deprive yourself of the things that you actually desire in your life. Like my plants are a reflection of my default in, internal state of when you're in deprivation, that's when it feels good because you have something to work forward, like towards, excuse me, like something that you need to get. If you're always in deprivation, if you're always restricting yourself, if you're always like, right in the edge of like turmoil, then that will actually give you the fuel to keep moving. But it's inside of that like really gross pattern of, dep of, de of de depriving yourself from the nutrients and the vitamins and the love and the, and the abundance that you really need. And I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to start watering my plants more. <laughs> and it like was such an interesting thing that showed me so much more about the bigger picture on how I relate to myself because here I am and I love to teach these manifestation practices I love to be able to share with people how to live a more abundant life. But then when I really get down to the dark underbelly of what's happening in my own world, I'm like, wow, you're really good at depriving yourself. And so it's like today, it was only three days since the last time I watered my plants. And I looked at them and I was like, I'm just going to give you a little top up. And you know what? It only took three pitchers of water instead of eight, half the amount of time. And now all my plants are like, ah. It's so nice here in this 100 degree heat. And so it can happen when these things show up in a variety of ways. And so I, if I can relate my own deprivation, my experience of deprivation from where else I've deprived myself of joy and fun and abundance in life, it's like all of a sudden that door opens. So when you said a few minutes ago, you've been here on this planet for 40 years, it's going to take all this work. The reality is when you come from that lens of what am I actually gaining from this behavior on a subconscious level, then you can go, oh, like all of a sudden that experience of deprivation just melted. Like it literally was like, oh, and now my plants are fed and I've been like more abundant in the last couple of weeks than I've been in ages. It's, and it's, it sounds so crazy, but it's as soon as you see it, until you bring the subconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you'll call it fate. It was like, I had to see that and go, oh. That's what this is. I've been depriving my plants just like I've deprived myself. And so I don't know, I just kept yeah. seeing in my head that I needed to share this story. But to yeah. me, that's like a very real world scenario where it's, I wouldn't have ever, how would I relate my plants to my abundance? It doesn't make any sense on a, but it, to me, it makes total sense and it unlocks a whole new thing. That said, let's move. <laughs> yeah. That's my little story about No, that. I love that story so much because it's true. It, it's, it, it, when we're ready to heal it, it will come up and surface in the most creative ways yeah. so that you can see it. And if you don't have to make yourself so wrong for it, it's like, you can almost find the humor in it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Me too. I have to wait until I'm like wilted over on death's door before I give myself what I need. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Okay. How about I be the plant that I water regularly? What would that feel like? Well, how would that be different in my life? And the other thing that we can do with existential kink, and if, if this is 
a topic that you're listening to and you're interested in, definitely get the book by that same title. The author does a really good job of walking you through it and then teaching you how to create some space and ritual around it. I wouldn't necessarily skip steps, but in addition to alchemizing and just deciding to do something different, we can actually sit in the pleasure of it and experience the pleasure consciously. And there have been times for me where it's been really helpful to recognize that I'm in this cat and mouse game with the universe. And I don't know if you've ever seen those memes where people refer to God as sky daddy. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Sky daddy. I don't think like, I've seen those, but that's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. I crack up every time, but this is what's, this is what's good. And existential kink is to bring the humor into it. Cause otherwise these topics can feel so heavy, but it's like, for sure. If that's hilarious to you, call universe or God sky daddy. And if I realize that he has everything that I want and he could just give it to me, but instead he's like dangling it in front of me. And while I'm consciously frustrated by that, subconsciously, it's, it's a turn on like this idea that, oh, I'm so close, but I can't quite get it. And so when I allow myself to actually feel turned on by that and create a pleasure practice around that, it is, it's so freeing. It ends up being alchemizing where it's not like you're doing it over and over again. It's like, it clears the energy, but not from a place of, I have to change this because I'm suffering so much. It's more, all right, if part of me is getting pleasure from this anyway, how about I actually experience the pleasure? Because the only part that I've been experiencing right now is the frustration, the not enoughness, the scarcity, the feeling broken, whatever my story is consciously. So it's, let me just get curious and let's see, like, how pleasurable is it actually to be in this cat and mouse game with the universe and just let myself get turned on by it, create a little pleasure practice around it and have fun with it. And it really can be fun and it's funny. And then usually once it's done, it's okay, great. Like moving on now, now I just want the things we're good. We don't need the cat and mouse game. Got that out of the system and let's keep rolling. I love it. It's, it's, see, this is the thing, like we're on LinkedIn, right? So we're like, really like pleasure practice. Like we're being specific without being specific, right? (laughs) Pleasure practice. Yeah. Exactly. We really want, first of all, Diane, I'm glad that was a good example because I saw your comments and I'm glad that resonated because for me, I had to think about it in that very specific way. And now I'm not going to say that I went out of pleasure practice around my plants, right? But what I will say is that what came up to me was this idea of deprivation. And I just so could clearly see after seeing that the, my poor wilted plants, like how much I allow for those moments of there's so much twisted pleasure inside of deprivation as a concept. It's, oh, no, you can't do this. Oh, no, you can't do that. So it's, if I'm going to talk about me as like the daddy in my life or me being a dom in my own right of who I am, it's, I just love to get out that little whip and be like, oh, you're so bad. Oh, you're so bad because you can't get what you want. And it's just, it's like over and over again. When the shame shows up on the conscious level, that is the whip. But we don't realize that's the whip. We don't realize that's the thing that's being like, oh, you slut. This is so bad. But it's the little subconscious ball of energy that runs everything. This is exactly what we want. This keeps you safe. This doesn't let you go into harm's way. This is what we know. We don't ever have to try to break outside the mold here. We don't have to do anything different because when we go outside of our comfort zone, that's when things get scary right? So it's, if we're keeping you here and we're petting you like a cat and we're keeping you safe, you don't have to go anywhere. If you just keep letting yourself be shamed by how much you're not doing the thing, 
And I can't tell you, when I learned about existential kink, I tell everybody about all of my clients. I just recommended to my client the other day. I went to see her and I just, she had a baby and I went to see her and I was like, oh, you got to look at existential kink. And I, was, I share it with everybody because until, if we can look at it, if we can look at the concept of it for what it is, instead of it being like a weird sexual practice, right? If we can actually see the value in making light of these things that we so deeply make wrong inside of our psyche, then we can just have so much fun. Like I had a big break. One of my first times I ever had any practice in the existential kink thing, it was around my relationship with food. And again, it was another deprivation thing. I could like almost see myself like pulling at myself. No, you can't have that. No, you can't have that. No. And it was like, you just love the not having. You love it. Why? Because it puts you in that place where you're bad. You're just bad every time. And that is that I actually did a lot of pleasure practice around because it was like, girl, you have to alchemize this relationship with the way that you eat and the way that you take care of yourself and the way that you feel in your body. Because there's a lot of shame. Like I, I love my family so much. I'm so grateful for my upbringing, but like we were part of the eighties, typical eighties family that was on a low fat diet from the minute I was born. It was like, no, you can't have that. We have to have margarine. We have to have low fat, this and this. And it was like, I always knew my life and upbringing as a child that could not have the full fat milk because we were on a diet. And so that's what I knew. Like that, that was normal for me. That was safe. So to go outside and to listen to the chatter and to hear what everyone else was saying, of course, that little superpower inside of me that was like, no, you can't have this. And all the shame was like butter on the icing of the cake. It's just, let's just add another level of shame to this. Let's just make you feel even worse about the things. And so if you can actually dive into the practices on a real level, and I think Carolyn Elliott does an amazing job explaining this concept. If you can actually sit with, where do I de derive, like where are, not even where do I derive, where is my pain and what's on the other side? If we can look at our things from like this standpoint of an observer and be like, what is, what, if I was to flip this into the upside down and to look at this from the complete opposite realm, what am I actually gaining out of this? And that really, I think will turn it around into, to something beautiful because what am I actually getting? Am I, isn't a lot of times that has to do with safety right? It's, we don't want to go outside of the comfort zone. We want to know what we know. And even if we reject it, the things that we reject the most are the things that we secretly desire the most, which is a tough pill to swallow in a lot of ways. hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I totally agree. And I have lots of stories around this one. Yeah. <laughs> I've done lots of work in it. <laughs> yeah. And just because we're on LinkedIn, I think looking at a more corporate environment, although I know many people joining us live in our networks are entrepreneurs and have broken free from that, but there, there is so much financial gain that happens through the manipulation of women. <laughs> and of course there aren't business books talking about healing your sacral chakra and all of this kind of stuff, because as long as we think that we're broken and that we're small or we can't trust ourselves or that our voice doesn't matter, or that it's not safe to speak up. Who benefits from that? It's the patriarchy. It's the bosses. It's the senior leadership. And that's not to say that you can't do a womb healing and really clear your sacral chakra and step into your power and step into your voice and stay in a corporate environment. You absolutely can. It It's just allow, it, the crazy thing about energetics is once you own your power and you decide that your voice matters and decide that you have something to say, everyone else treats you that way. It's not like this huge declaration line in the sand. It's really, once you do it, and it's from an energy of certainty and power and inner knowing, people are just like, wow, yeah, great, Kat, that's such a good idea. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And if, if you will get treated in a 180, all because you just changed how you feel on the inside. I, I had to work so much on opening my throat chakra and this really happened post-corporate for me. But people now hire me 
and will say, I hired you because you've figured out how to talk about money on the internet. And I'm so afraid to do that. And I want to get over that fear. And they think I have some like magic wand answer. And it's girl, what you don't see is that two years ago, I opened a new LinkedIn or a new uh, Instagram account with zero followers. So I could just practice saying what I wanted to say, knowing that literally not a single other person would hear it. I wasn't trying to grow an audience. I liked the fact that there was no audience because I had to practice and I had to decide and I had to get comfortable with it myself. And once I did that, then I got comfortable sharing with more and more and more. And now people hire me for that. It's some special gift of mine and just something I can do. So whatever version of that is true for everyone listening in your own business and your own career and your own life, it's just do the inner work, do the inner healing and practice and get more comfortable with it. And one day people are going to just say, wow, you're just so good at sharing what you think. Wow. You just have so many incredible ideas. Wow. Things just seem to happen for you. Have you ever noticed that you just say you want something and next thing you have it in your life and they will just think you're magical and you're special. And there's something about you that's different than them. And it's, we'll all know the real secret, which is you did the work. You did the womb healing. You cleared your sacral chakra. And then you consciously planted the seeds of manifestation in there. You alchemized your subconscious pains and kinks into pleasures. And what do you know? Your life gets 10x, 20x, 50x, 100x better. Yeah, it's true. I think what you said in the very beginning of, what, of this little piece you were talking about, the power that we have, you know, in the, in the patriarchy in a way. And I, I really just, can't stress enough that if they knew on a real conscious level, like how powerful, if we knew, like even we as women, if we actually knew, it's, it's something that I think the Barbie movie actually did pretty well at explaining like this world where women are just like, yeah, we're like, yeah. it was just like, it was refreshing in a way because obviously it's, and I know it empowered a lot of people. I found the movie very entertaining, but the reality is if there was not this huge wet blanket of all the crap that people think they can control on our behalves, because we have so much power, if there was, if that wasn't there, none of these ideas would be pre-planted and we wouldn't have to work through all this trauma and all these obstacles to get things out of the way. What you were just saying, it's like a lot of times if we're spewing wisdom out about something and we're like, yeah, I have this topic, I'm passionate. It's one thing that I've always found for myself is like, this stuff comes into my brain. Sometimes I don't even know where it comes from. And then I'm sitting here. Somebody called me incredulous once, not more, more than once. But the idea of being incredulous is I can't even believe that I have the capability of doing the thing. And it's like, where did that come from? Like, where did I all of a sudden think that I can't even believe that the things that I'm saying have value or truth or things like that? If we could take these pieces bit by bit off, and that's what all this inner work is. That's what you're talking about. That's what this going through and doing these womb healings and doing these sacred meditations where you can unlock this, doing Reiki, like doing all these kind of practices. It's what could be created in the space if that wasn't a pre-existing condition that was dampening or that wasn't sitting over the top of what's possible. If we didn't have that there, imagine that layer could be lifted and is capable of being lifted for us to skyrocket into a completely new space for ourselves and to not be incredulous about the wisdom that we share or the things that are meant for us and have the certainty of, oh no, like there's a reason why I was gifted this knowledge. There's a reason why I am up here in the world sharing what I need to share. And I think that's something that we all could use a reminder of, especially as women, because there's no special formula that was like, I'm going to pick Emily Wilcox to be a super successful money thing. And here's your fairy dust and going Ting! on the head. Like you are the one like that was, it's like a, you're created phenomenon for yourself, right? You were, you created this life because you've done the work to heal. And yes, of course, on a soul level, maybe people come in with different circumstances because they have different lessons to learn. But the truth is that whatever was in the way, you still had to clear before you were able to step into that next level. And I think that's something that we all could remember when it comes to, oh, this isn't meant for me, or I don't know if I can do it. And it's, where's the, I don't know I can do it coming from. Is that the, are you 
sitting over here with your whip? Or is it some other belief that you've inherited that if you did the work to clear it, that you would have a whole different experience of yourself and it could happen quickly? Yeah, hundred <clears throat> percent. So if you've got questions on this, drop them in the comments. We've got a few more minutes here. I really trust that this has been a conversation that's opened a lot of possibilities for everyone joining live and watching the replay. We do have part four, four of four in our series coming up. I'm dropping the link in the comments. It's going to be on Thursday, September 28th at the same time. And it'll be another live stream here on LinkedIn where we'll be talking about what we value more than the bottom line. So we'd love to have you join for that as well. And again, happy to answer questions if you want to pop anything into the chat. Kat, anything that you think we've missed in this conversation? I do. I'm just going to bring up the pleasure practice as an experience. Because I think that a lot of times, again, this is something that like, it's always great to have a mentor or a guide. Like I reconnected to my, like <laughs> the word, like I could beep it out, right? Because I hired a mentor to help me, right? Like I actually went through an eight week course several times that was specifically designed to help me actually unleash my power and understand my feminine energy. Like I worked with Lauren Harkness. I don't know if Lauren or not, but she's an amazing teacher and she's a beautiful teacher in New York who I, who I very much appreciate. And, and she has this beautiful course that I took a few years ago that was able to actually go chakra by chakra up through the body. And it was like, at that point in my life, newer information for me, something that I wasn't super familiar with, but she goes through and explains what each of these pieces are. And we talk about the blockages. And if you're not familiar, with, this is something I love to talk about. If you're not really familiar with what each part of the body does with each energy center is in control of, going to a Reiki healing, I do this with Reiki clients, or going to speak with somebody that has a lot of knowledge about this stuff and finding someone that can really walk you through like what a pleasure practice looks like, right? Lauren's practice is called peaking. And it, she does it on a, a group Zoom. <laughs> Everybody has their cameras off, but you actually, it's a 15 minute solo practice where you actually pleasure yourself and you do that with the other people on the call. And it's a beautiful experience of feminine embodiment because you get to hear the peaks and valleys of people's pleasure and you can experience your own place in it. And of course there's like those moments of comparison or shame or things that you don't have to do this in the presence of other people. You can actually mostly do it in the presence of yourself by creating a practice that's that you're dedicated to, right? Creating something where you're like, okay, I'm actually going to take this time for myself. Because what it did for me was like actually opened up a bunch of places that seemed like they were dead inside. The relationship with my womb space felt dead inside for a very long time. A lot of women that can't have an orgasm or that have never had an orgasm or that can't feel pleasure or that have pain, like shards of glass when they're touched down there, or if you've had trauma, like all of those things you're able to alchemize and heal when you sit inside of these practices and learn to resensitize yourself, learn to actually feel what pleasure feels like for you. And to me, the more I, I spent about a year and a half doing that work pretty diligently because I knew that this was the access for me to create something from, from a, as a creative person, how could I really create what I knew I desired to create if every bit of that space had no place to go. Like I used to have problems with my health down there at points where I would be like, oh, there's something doesn't feel right. Or and I'm sure everybody's had these experiences where they, their guts been out of whack or something. But it's like the more pain and suffering that we hold inside the womb space, the, the less likely we are to be able to be free in the world. So if you have questions about it, obviously you can send either one of us a message. I'm sure we'll have lots of beautiful advice on, to share. But the, the truth is take your time with it and dedicate a practice to reestablishing what pleasure looks like for yourself and feeling into that feel good because we're talking about manifesting here. If you don't know what it looks like to actually feel pleasure for yourself and generate it for yourself in that heightened of a state, in the state of orgasm is like bliss on steroids, right? Like that peak and valley of the pleasure. If you are not consciously connected to what that feels like for you, it's, it makes it more challenging to manifest in the physical if you actually don't have access to what that peak can feel like. Don't you agree? Yeah, definitely.
Totally agree. So there are lots of mentors out there, courses, programs, books. So if, if this is something that you're wanting to dive into more, there's so many resources out there to support you. Karen says, thank you for this. It was really eye-opening and I learned new ideas and can see the next layer of healing I need to do. That's amazing. It's great, Karen. Kat, I'm proud of us. We talked about SEX on LinkedIn. <laughs> we did it. I'm really proud of us too. <laughs> I think from the very beginning of the series, we were like, are we really going to do this? Are we really going to talk about this? But I'm really proud of us. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I told Kat, I was like, we could talk about sex magic. And then I was like, if I'm brave enough to, I don't know. <laughs> But we did it. We talked about send it. Send us out to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Thank you to everyone joining. Kat, thank you so much for bringing all of your wisdom and your presence to this conversation. And everyone listening, please join us for part four on September 28th. That's a Thursday at same time, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's 5 p.m. Lisbon time. And we will be wrapping up this series talking about what we value more than the bottom line. So we will see you then. Thank you very much. Thanks everybody Bye. for watching. See you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. I hope you enjoyed that segment as much as I did. Go follow Kat. She's on Instagram at I am Kat Burns. Here are my top takeaways. Number one, explore the ways that your subconscious is directing your life and you're calling it fate. And it really is helpful to do that exploration when you're not in a serious trigger. Number two, use womb healing and sacral chakra clearings to get the soil right for planting the seeds of manifestation. Number three, when you go into a pleasure practice, you can plant the seeds of your desires energetically into your womb space. Number four, you can also derive conscious pleasure from your existential kinks once you're brave enough to see them for what they are. And number five, once you make the subconscious conscious, like Kat did when she realized that she was in a deprivation cycle, just like her house plants, you can completely change the behavior and experience near instant healing. So thank you as always so much for tuning into the show and I will talk to you soon. Listeners like you have made this a top 3% global podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. I also love hearing listener feedback. So feel free to slide into my DMs on Instagram at mmakesmoney. If you would like to explore hiring me as your money healer and business mentor, hit the link in the show notes or head to explore.emilywilcox.com. Until next time, I'm sending you all the magic money vibes on your joyous path to millions.